0: Welcome to Behind the Product, a podcast by SEP, where we believe it takes more than a great idea to make a great product. We've been around for over 30 years, building software that matters more, and we've set out to explore the people, practices, and philosophies to try and capture what's behind great software products. So join us on this journey of conversation with the folks that bring ideas to life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Zach Darnell. I had a little extra fun with this episode because I had the opportunity to take the show on the road. I drove up to Purdue to meet with my guest, Luna Liu. As of this recording, Luna is the acting head of Civil Engineering School and the CEO of WaveLogix. Luna and her team have developed quote-unquote smart concrete, which embeds IoT sensors in cement to make more intelligent and efficient decisions during construction. It was fascinating to learn about the impacts and cost savings to the construction industry and our environment. Some of the techniques in construction that are still used today were developed in the 1800s, so this is a huge leap forward in that industry. A huge thank you for Luna and her team to host me at their offices and sharing a lot about this world with me. The impact and the journey of this product certainly surprised me, and I think you'll enjoy So you're the head of the civil engineering group here at Purdue. Acting head. Acting head. Let's make sure the
1: title is right. Yes, acting head. I'm associate dean
0: of the faculty at College of Engineering at Purdue. And the founder and CEO of Logics. Absolutely. Really quick, a little off topic. What is it like being part-time dean, acting head, and founder and CEO of a tech company? That's got to be a lot to juggle.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, it's a lot of exciting things going on in my life, right? I think I'm very grateful and uh, I have a fantastic team in every single Mm. front and you have interacted with some of them here, right? I have a larger team at the College of Engineering, really supported the growth of the Purdue Engineering, which, you know, is one of the top in the country as well. And I have to say my team at VivaLogic is really top-notch. They're young, they're energetic, they're dynamic, they're intellectually horsepower, although mm. we have a very relatively small team, but very bright very
0: bright. I love that. And if, driven. Yeah. yeah. Some of the smaller teams are able to do so much more sometimes they than agree. a larger right. group of people.
1: Right. That's all startup about, right? Yeah. It's not a large corporation. And we have been very cautious about adding, you know, headcounts. Okay. Because once you add head counts, it's not only you need to go raise more money and further dilute it, but also you need to add jobs to these people if they yes. don't have the things to do, you know what's going to happen, right? There is going to be, you know, negative energies Mm -hmm. in the room. And, you know, there's a lot of things to learn. And another thing I really want to say Although if you're looking at, you know, being a professor, being an innovator, being an entrepreneur, academic leader, it seems like a separate, however, they're really integrated. Mm. What happens is there are so many common skill sets and knowledge you need to know, which can serve everywhere in this, you know, different job and role. I give you example, communications one, right? It's not what you're going to say it's really how you say it, right? And how you relate to people the communication, how quickly you communicate and when to communicate. And another thing I would say is very important decision making. It's not what a decision you make, but also when you make that decision. Sometimes, you know, maybe you make a decision too quickly. Fund raising is a great example, right? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you raise money too early or you raise money too late. When it's optimized the time, when do you know you have enough information? Because you don't want to drag it too long, right? Yes. You could have best all the information, all the data points in the world, however, you will miss that window of opportunity. Yeah. So I think the entrepreneurship, the learning from the start of the journey, being a CEO really helps me a lot to coming back to the academic life and to thinking about what are the value added as a leader hmm. to this research and education enterprise. That's so good. Yeah, so that's the angle is looking.
0: I love that. It's something I have had to learn just in my own leadership development is slowing down some of my decision-making. I'm much more instinctual, a little bit off the cuff. That can be good at times, but sometimes it's detrimental. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's so wise. And I particularly love that.
1: when you represent a larger group of the people, right? At the Purdue Engineering, we hmm. have over 460 Faculty alone, oh, wow. right? If you think about the supporting the staff and you know all the other things, this is like you know this is a very large organization. When you represent that organization and the decision making, what do you say is mm-hmm. not really just what you think, right? right. It's what the college, what the Purdue Engineering is represent. So I think that. I have been very cautious, as you said, you know, mm-hmm. slow down and make sure this is thorough. This is a deliberate, right? This mm-hmm. is, has been batted,
0: right? I love that. I can't help but uh, continue my journey, my own personal journey, and slowing down my decision. making. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Fantastic. So I want to talk a little bit about Logics. You know, this is, you know, quote, unquote, smart concrete. And it's amazing. It's a yet another example of something that has existed, concrete. And roads and bridges have existed for a very long time, very old industry, and yet we're finding new ways to innovate within it. Where did this concept or idea start from?
1: Right. It started from a solving problem. As an engineer professor, I love to solve problem. Yeah. right? In 2017, Indiana Department of Transportation came to my office say, said, hey, we have a very specific problem, but it has a huge impact on the society. We would like you have to help think about it. Right. The problem actually is quite simple. Is when we have a major road construction, use Interstate sixty five as example. Yes. After the renovation when it's the optimized the time to open the traffic, right? We talk about optimize the decision making, right? Mm-hmm. And currently there is data, no data, or very little data, right? So therefore, the decision making has been made half of based on experience, past experience, half on guessing game. Oh, so the reason I say that, as you say the concrete is very old technology, right? If you think about it, the concrete actually is the largest volume of man-made material in the world world. Concrete made in the modern society, right? If you think yeah. about everything, you can't see anywhere, right? However, as you pointed out, the concrete as a material has been used in the thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And the testing methods, how we mix the concrete and the proportion of each material going into the concrete, that principle has not been changed in the last two, three not only decades, it actually is, you know, last us to 300 years. Wow. So the centuries. So we're using the very antiquated technology and to determine when we should open the traffic, when we should build the next stage of the structure. So clearly that is a gap. Yeah. So this technology breached that gap to answer that question. Why? Because what we could do is we're using the IoT sensor and the AI, right, for machine learning, for data processing. And now all of a sudden we can integrate, you know, the IoT technology and machine learning to understand the concrete property change over the time. Mm. And then we can find, oh, when the strengths of the concrete getting to the certain threshold, and now this is optimized the time to open the road and take on that large volume of the traffic. So we don't end it up Either you open the road too early, you have premature failure. That's why you have so many potholes and go back to fix all this all the time. Or yeah. most likely we see most often the case is you and me sit on the traffic yeah. and see the road closed, but there was nobody working yes, on it. Right? all the time. All the time. Why? Because we were just the Why can't you just move the cones over? Exactly. Why can't you move the cones? Because historical data say, Hey, it takes seven days for this road to cure. It's not true anymore, right? Because if you think about 100 years ago, the technology producing the cement, the size of the cement, the chemical of the cement has been changed, right? The temperature, the weather condition has changed. So therefore, by using our sensor, we can get real-time data. That real-time data is very, very powerful. That can tell engineers so many informations, right? Mm-hmm. They can let the engineer make the optimized decision. Okay, when I should open the traffic and how much cement I should put it in the volume of the concrete. Oh, It's not only about when we open the traffic, it's how much of the, you know, the material yeah, the mi- I need. The mixture itself. Exactly, and the, yeah. the mixture of the self. Because if you think about people in the Texas and people in in Indiana, in California, right?
0: They're using exactly the same mixture design. And I would imagine our climate would require very different...
1: Exactly, yeah. or exactly. Using November as an example, right? Here, we're talking about the 30 degree and then, mm. then if you go to Texas, it's 60, 70. For Northern and Southern California, it's a completely different story, yeah. right? Yeah. We're using exactly the same thing. The material supply are so different. So by using artificial intelligence, we using a large database we have been building over years, all of a sudden, we could really take into account all of this consideration, have this optimized design mixture right. and reduce the cement usage,
0: which is the largest piece of the money. That's fascinating. Yeah. I would imagine it also, from a probably using the wrong terms here, from a road deterioration, a road maintenance perspective, there's also some benefit there, I can imagine.
1: Absolutely. So that's what we typically say asset management, right? So when you have this large amount of money, how you're going to distribute your money for the repairing, for the renovation, right? For rehabilitation. And currently it's, we're looking at, oh, this bridge was built 75 years ago. So maybe we should renovate it, right? What, if you think about it Traffic volume on the bridges is going to be different, right? The weather condition of this. So the age is only one data point. But by using the sensor, all of a sudden we could pull all of those data and Mm -hmm. then help us Mm -hmm. to making the data-driven decision. As you said, what that impact, impact on your schedule, impact on your mix design, Make impact on your cost, impact on your maintenance.
0: And I would imagine using the, the example you give between California, Texas and Indiana, we salt our roads here for three or four months out of the year because of the weather in Indiana. Absolutely. I could have, well, I'm assuming because our potholes are horrible, we're burning through our roads quicker than maybe other regions. Yeah. It's things like that that you can't take into consideration when you're just looking at historical patterns.
1: Absolutely. And another thing you probably noticed is, you know, Indiana, as everybody's the crossroad of United States, Mm. we have so many logistics, heavy trucks going through, right? Large volume of, you know, the load has been imposed on the roads, right, which is not going to be seen in the other states, right? Sure. So, and compound with this complicated weather condition during the winter is cold, it's frozen, it's icing, but in the summer it's hot. Right. Yeah. So what we call is, you know, free thawing condition that can build a lot of internal stress on the concrete. So using our technology, we could address this. So you ask a simple question, I get a long, one-dated answer, but going back, it's really started from very practical problem, but it's billion dollar problem and why it's antiquated the technology in the construction industry, and particularly in the concrete for testing, for mixing the principle. Even the technology itself has never been changed. The testing right. methods was developed in 1828. Right, almost a 200 years, and and then it was never changed. So by using this technology, I think we're creating opportunity to really not only disrupt the industry, but completely accelerating advance the industry to the next level.
0: So take me back to maybe 2017, 2018, 2019, some of the early stages, sure. prototyping, yeah. and some of the concepts. Right, right. I've worked on different IoT projects over over the years. I don't know that I've ever worked in anything quite like this, quite this massive? How do you even test and prototype something right, like this? Right. How do you pour a road?
1: Yeah, so as I say, you know, the, the great benefits about my project is really sponsored by Department of Transportation, right? I wasn't, in 2017, I would never thought I'm going to start up a company and, and then doing all of this and fundraising, right? right. Valuation was never a thought, right? The, really, the thought is, you know, let's develop some Scientific principle. First of all, let's think about it, the physics. Think about the science. Would that be possible? So then we worked out the formula, we worked out in the physics, we worked out, you know, the mathematical formula. Because what happens is we put an IoT sensor and send acoustic wave and mm. we measure the wave propagation. And then you, you know, you actually has to translate that, you know, wave pattern, wave fields into mathematically, right? So we did all of that from 2017 to 2018. So then we say, okay, we published seven papers and then, and then we did the laboratory experiments and then, and then we say, okay, this is fantastic, it worked out. And then, you know, Indiana DOT said, oh, this is, looks great. This technology urgent needed. Let me give you more money to your research team, right? Can you guys come to the field to do testing? So- that testing become very memorable for two reasons. Number one is approved our science, our principle, our ugly 3D printed <laughs> right <laughs> first prototype uh-huh. sensor worked. And on the other hand, is memorable is the durability of the sensor. The application of the sensor is completely a disaster. The reason uh. I'm saying that because. Number one, the sensor was not durable. You know, yeah. as I say, it's 3D yeah. printed, it's simple. And when we do it at a lab, I have my postdoc and my grad students are very, very careful, right? Uh-huh. Very methodical. But when you hand it is to the construction workers, we took 10 sensors, eight of them broken. Oh, well, Because it's very brittle material, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, we realized, okay, we need to do something to fix that. And number two is, I do not know if you 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 have seen my talk and some of the early photos. We were dragging a cart with 50 pounds of the scientific equipment to the field. Because you need to have a signal generator, you need to have all of the scientific instrumentation to process the data. And at that time, and also it's not automatic. So me and my grad students have to sleep in the car and every 30 minutes we jump off the car and to push the button. Oh no. And to get the signal generator, send the wave and receive the wave and processing it. So what that experience make me realize the two things. Number one, this is promising. Yeah. Number two, nobody going to use it unless we come out a device, unless yeah. we come out a software, unless we come out database. So it's yeah. one thing lead to another, right? Yeah. So the 2019, that's become a very memorable time and it become also a pivot of this technology. And what happens is 2020, Pandemic happens and um, lab was shut down. Everything was shut down. And then I said, oh, this is a time actually working on a prototype, right? <laughs> it worked out great. Actually, we have this period of the time. We developed, you know, the real usable, applicable prototype, which is more durable and to the field. Yeah, great time to be outside. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> great time to be outside. We were not slowed down. We had, you know, implementation and a field trial in 2020 and 2021 as I said, really appreciated the partnership with Indiana DOT because this is a close partnership. We can easily get access to the road to the bridges, right? We can quickly get feedback of what works, what's not working. So currently, you know, we have this completely automatic data logger, right? We have cloud-based database, and then then we have AI-driven signal processing algorithm, but that was not happened was in twenty seventeen. What I'm trying to say, this is really a journey, right? This is a journey by accident, but also <laughs> by design, right? Because the design part is really scientific part of the entrepreneurship is really a byproduct of that, you know, because of 2020 I got a call from Purdue Research Foundation. Hey, said, you know, there is a large Construction company, one of the largest construction companies in India. They have $20 billion revenue every year. India construction is booming. They want to patent your technology. And are you going to do it? So, as I said at that time, it was not mature enough to be patentable. And I said, you know, who would have more passion, drive, and eager and to get this to reality? Me and my students. So that's why we said, okay. We're going to do it and then produce it, go form a company and then they license the patent. So this is one thing lead to another. And nowadays I have been made a pitch to venture capital, right? And then I have received the offer and declined the offer. And then, you know, we have our seed round funding and we also recently made a pitch to Breakthrough Energy. You probably know them. So we're at final stage. That's and great. Finger crossed. And hopefully we get investment from Bill Gates. <laughs> That's really cool. It That's is amazing. really exciting. It is
0: exciting. I love this story because I feel like oftentimes I've talked to a number of founders and entrepreneurs over the years and everybody that I feel like I've talked to has some kind of element to their story that was almost serendipity. It wasn't something that they could have foreseen. They always learned something and had to adapt along the way. Like this is a common thread. And I love that you're open about the early failures because those are the things you learn so much from. We took 10 to the field and eight broke. Right. Like we learned a ton. Like that's, that's not even a failure. That's right. a success in yeah. my mind because then you guys came back with something more durable and recognize that these are things that we needed. Not everybody's going to be as careful as our, as we are with our thing. So, okay. looking ahead, I know we only have a couple of minutes here. This really sounds like the beginning. You're really at the beginning of this journey, you know, looking at WaveLogix and maybe the industry at large. What does the next five to 10 years look like in your mind? What do you think the next set of advancements are? Yeah, I
1: can talk about this. Let me talk from the two buckets, right? First, I'll talk of WaveLogix. I think, you know, the WaveLogix is positioned to be the industry leader, the reason, because of we integrated the technology we have, although I'm a CEO, but we have actually serious, successful entrepreneur who is running the company as a president. He built a company in 17, when he was 17, and then he also bought the company to public when he was 27. And now he's in his age of the 60, and he has built several companies, very successful. And I'm very grateful he joined my company. Not only he joined the company, he believed the company so much, he put investment himself. So have a share. Yeah. So I'm I'm in very good hands of the leadership, and uh, I'm learning from him every single day. And also I have very bright engineering team they all Purdue engineers they Purdue students and they all worked with me started from 2017 2018 they are also part of the company so we have very good management the leadership and also since working in this getting into know entrepreneur community at uh, indianapolis right so we have very good you know so far financially we're very healthy
0: that's great
1: that's on the company overall so, we are currently discussing with ASHTO. ASHTO stands for American Association of the State Highway and Testing Organization. So, basically, ASHTO is a governing agency in charge of all 50 states. Oh, okay. So, we are discussing with ASHTO to develop a first testing standard that will be implemented in the 15 states. I will give a webinar on May 15th. And we're in a very good process to develop our own testing methods. Really cool. we have 10 states already sign up for the agreement to do a trial testing with VivoLogix technology. And I say sign up is not only they, they just sign a paperwork, they put money on the table, say, hey, we want to be the first adopter. That including California, Texas, Indiana, Tennessee, North Dakota, Colorado, and Kansas. Oh, wow. What a Iowa. You yeah. know, it's really spread all the nation, right? That represents more than 65% of the states geographically yeah, ge- using yeah, yeah. The, the concrete, right? The concrete volume. So we're, we're really in good hands and we're planning to roll out for our large scale trial testing, start a second quarter, which actually is second quarter, maybe starting in May and to September. And then we'll gather more feedback from this beta testing, and then we'll continue renovating uh, innovation. As we talk about the first uh, testing on 2019, we have more than five thousand dollars scientific laboratory equipment, and it uh, has to be you know so heavy I have to drag a car, yeah, right? Yeah. And I have to have a power generator.
0: Oh yeah, because you're out in the middle <laughs> right. of nowhere, I middle mean, yeah.
1: of nowhere. And then now we have a battery operating the handheld devices, which actually only cost you a couple hundred dollars, but have, and it can be reusable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that has entire IoT capability, including LTE, you know, communication protocol and automatically data processing and the data collection and the data translation. That's awesome. Yeah, so all of this is really done internally by my engineer. And, you know, myself, and we're very proud of, you know, our contribution. So hopefully by five years, by partner with some uh, very large strategic partner, construction company, Department of Transportation, and hopefully Breakthrough Energy, they have very strong influence on the policy side. And we can quickly scale up, you know, with and the impact. From the industry standpoint, I want to really talk a little bit about the construction and concrete industry. I can tell you, I have never been so excited than ever by working in the construction and the concrete industry in my last 20 years as academic and as engineer. I have seen tremendous change. And now because really pushed by the carbon, right, reduction, carbon tax, the environmental sustainability, you know, as you may already know. Cement contribute as an industry as a whole, globally, cement contribute eight percent of the CO two emission in the world. I
0: didn't know that. Is it the concrete itself or is it no, the it's entire cement, process? Cement.
1: No, not even. We're not talking. Oh, about we're concrete. not talking construction. Right, we're right. Just we're talking just about... talking materials. Oh, wow. The reason because making cement from limestone mm-hmm. needs to break down the material. You need using uh... the electrical. You need to use energy to heat that queuing process up to fifteen hundred Celsius. Oh, wow. So that entire yeah. process very energy intensive. So as a result, this industry actually is one of the largest CO two contributor. So let me put it this way. If you think about cement as a country, mm-hmm. cement actually is the third carbon contributor to the world. Oh, wow. Of course, number one is China, number two is U.S., and number three is cement. cement. Wow. So I have seen a huge push to innovate in the industry itself because of the drive to reduce the carbon emission, because the drive to increase material property, because the you know, the drive to provide a better, cheaper, more durable Mm. material to the society, right? So our technology can help address that urgent.
0: That's so cool.
1: So that's why Breakthrough Energy picked us as the final list all over the world. You know, they only picked 20 companies worldwide. We are in the cohort. Not yet, right? Sure, sure. we did make it to the stage to give them a presentation. I'm very proud. That's so cool. He's one of my undergrad students and my PhD students.
0: I love it. I love the whole story. And I know know you got to get out of here. Just the journey over the last six years. I love the story of something that has existed for centuries and techniques that have existed for almost 200 years still being implemented today. Sounded like it was ripe for innovation. It's just amazing to hear not just the economic impact, but the environmental impact and all of the downstream innovation that's gonna come from this. I'm excited to hear kind of where you guys go from here. Absolutely. It'll be fun to follow you for over the next few years to see how Logics impacts our world. Hopefully
1: we'll be successful. I think the one thing I've learned over the years, right, maybe in the last five, six years, one of the big differences being a professor and being a entrepreneur is as a professor, the research environment really reward idea. You need to have this excellent idea and then you can write a proposal, get grants, get money, and the two. But in the entrepreneurial world, it's not only about idea, but also execution and how quickly you can execute your idea, right? And who to execute the idea, right? And where to execute your idea and when to execute your idea, right? If it's 10 years ago, this technology may not fly because, you know, at that time, people were always thinking of different things, right? So I think it's the right time and right moment to execute. So one thing what I've really learned about from those two industries is rewarding different things. But if you think about it, really how we combine that together. And one thing I want to emphasize is at core, deep in my heart, I am a professor, right? Although I'm also entrepreneur, I'm a CEO, but I love teaching. I would never quit my job (laughs) as being a professor, right, to work at the company full time. Although this question has been asked many times, a lot of my investors say, to, hey, you know, I will double down my investment <laughs> if you quit your job. You're a great entrepreneur. I say, to, no, 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 no. My heart is really not only about innovation, but also how can we educate our undergrad students, our next generation for the entrepreneurship, right? For the small business. If you think about it, that's really the spirit of the U.S., right? That's really American Dream as a first generation of immigrants, I also want to emphasize on that right coming to the u s because of the liberty because of the freedom right because of that was really attractive to me but one thing I realized what I have not experienced in any other country is this entrepreneur community this you know the innovation driven entrepreneurship and the small business I think our Country, our community needs more support of the small business.
0: No disagreements whatsoever. As, as somebody that works for a small to medium sized business, however right. you want to classify it, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Fantastic. I love it. Fantastic. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. Thanks for
1: coming. You know, I know it's uh, it's a lot of a drive, right? No, it's about no. an hour, an hour now an about an
0: hour. Not too you're bad. at Carmo, or yeah, we're up in uh, Westfield, Indiana. Yeah, so just West on the uh, north field. side. Oh, okay. Yeah, just yeah. on the north side of Carmo. Right.
1: Right. Logics was in uh, Plainfield. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yes. And actually, we have two part. We have now we have two part. One part at the Chicago. Oh, and okay. The Chicago is our production. So we're producing sensor and testing sensor for QAQC. QC. And then we have our, you know, the brain. I yeah, would say the your, brain your business office. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The brain of the Logics at here is at Purdue Research Park. And we have our computer scientist, our AI algorithm, and our machine learning scientist, and our electrical engineer, and sitting like only literally a mile and a half away from oh, me. Oh, awesome! Yeah. So another thing I really want to emphasize is how great about Purdue, right? So you may already know this: we're the top five most innovative university in the nation, right? And every year we produce a lot of patent. You know, I'm really proud of the high caliber and of the faculty here and also the sheer volume of the innovation has been generated from this campus and the question is, how can we harness and leverage that innovation and then, then make it into the real life application and making impact and also monetize that? right? Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Got to commercialize your ideas, right? Yeah. going to commercialize that idea. We have quite a few Purdue grads in, in our midst, so yeah. we very much believe in Purdue and Fantastic. the high caliber. My sister-in-law is actually a, a Purdue grad. She's at NASA. I think she was an industrial engineer, Excellent. Uh, but now she's. I don't know some group director of smart people at yeah. NASA. I don't actually know what she does. I'm, Probably
1: it, classified. Yeah, it anyway. uh, who yeah, who knows?
0: Who knows? But um, uh, Purdue, you guys do great work. Excellent. Both yes. are up. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it for you come all the you know all the way here. My pleasure.